Do you have trouble seeing up close or far away? How about at night? I know I do. Go check out Design for Vision and Sunglass Central. They are the premier eye care center for all eyeglasses, sunglasses, and contact lenses in southeastern PA. Whether it is the quality eyeglasses, sunglasses, or contacts that you're looking for, their styles represent the latest in fashionable but affordable eyewear. Not only do they offer a wide selection of non-prescription brands, but they offer prescription lenses fabrication. Whether it's in-store or online, they carry all major brands such as Oakley, Dolce & Gabbana, Coach, Michael Kors, Ray-Ban, Maui Jim, Wiley X, and many more. With over 50 years of experience, Design for Vision and Sunglass Central are the best in fabrication, selection, and fitting of designer and specialty glasses. Design for Vision has convenient locations in Morrisville, Levittown, New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson. Sunglass Central can be found at the New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson locations. That's designforvision.com and sunglasscentral.net. This is Chet with Flow Racing. You're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Pop in J Line Decker Racing Engines into your search bar and go see what Jason's got going on. On to our breaking news items. We're going to start off on a sad note. Unfortunately, the news broke today on social media that modified and sportsman driver from up in New York, Kyle Inman, had passed away over the weekend at the young age of 39. Unfortunately, Kyle had been battling cancer that ended up taking his life. Man, life is just way too short. Condolences going out to his friends and family and uh, Godspeed, Kyle. On to World of Outlaw news. World of Outlaws officials have issued a suspension and fine to James McFadden and the Roth Motorsports team after failing a tire test. After competing with the World of Outlaws on April 14th at Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55, Peavley, Missouri, tire samples were taken right from the right rear tire McFadden and the team used during the feature and sent it to an independent laboratory for testing of chemically altering substances in the tires using, of course, a comparative analysis procedure. The test revealed the tire had been altered and did not match or conform to the benchmarks provided by Hoosier Tire Company. Additional analysis verified the primary laboratory findings. Due to the violation, McFadden and Roth Motorsports have been disqualified from the I-55 event and fined $8,200 in total, $6,000 to be returned from the event, $2,000 for the violation, and $200 for the tire analysis. In addition, McFadden and the team will lose 500 driver and owner points, and they have been issued a four-race suspension. 
owner, driver, and crew members. The fines and suspension must be paid and served before the team is allowed to race in any future World Racing Group events. Any subsequent violations will result on a higher fine schedule and or additional loss of points and or suspension. The team has filed an appeal of the decision and they are permitted to compete until the appeal process is completed. So he did compete this past weekend. Boy, tires, man, it all comes down to tires. And I guess we'll see what happens with the appeal process. And in high limit news, after Tuesday night's event and unfortunate accident during a heat race involving Connor Morrell and Alex Bowman, Alex will now be sidelined for three to four weeks after suffering a fractured vertebrae. I don't know what is going on with these sprint cars as of late. And yes, I do say sprint cars, winged or wingless. We don't see injuries like this being sustained in a modified or a late model, but these are just getting to be crazy. I don't I don't know what's going on. I mean, now we have Bowman. We had Jake Newman's horrible accident. We had Dumsney's accident in Australia. Again, Justin Owen, you know, all of these things are happening and it seems to be in rapid succession. I don't know what is going on. It, it's um, it's scary. It really is. And something has to give. We'll see what's in store going forward, but hopefully I don't have to relay any more information like that. On to our results Tuesday night. The aforementioned High Limit Sprint Car Series event at 34 Raceway in Iowa. $23,023 to win another outstanding car count, 45 plus cars. After it was all said and done, Anthony Macri, your winner over Zeb Wise, Kyle Larson, Brent Marks, and Tyler Courtney. On to Wednesday, USAC Sprints, Texarkana 67 Speedway in Arkansas was rained out. Thursday, USAC Sprints, Rocket Raceway Park in Texas also rained out. I had the fortunate pleasure of joining Timmy Buckwalder up to Bloomsburg on Thursday as he was competing with the Speedster, Dustin Morris as well, kind of a, a team of sorts. And um, thanks to Timmy for picking me up along the way, was able to get my hands dirty a little bit. And I'm not mechanically inclined by any stretch of the imagination, but was able to, uh, you know, just do some oddball things, made sure I got lineups for those guys, let them know where we're supposed to start, pushing a speedster down pit lane, handing Dustin his helmet and things of that nature. I try not to get in the way and just be as helpful as I can outside of that. But it was uh, a different perspective for me. It's been a long time since I've been in the pits helping someone and... It was nice. It was uh, nice to be a part of something a little bit different. You know, I try to get my exposure in racing in all different areas if possible. And that just added some more information to my brain. So uh, in the end of Bloomsburg, 602 Crate Sportsman feature winner was Polly Hartwig third, And Speedsters was Eddie Strada. Timmy did run second. 
had a tire going down, motor was not cooperating, and that was Dustin's first time back in the car since his health issues last year, and did not do too bad, completed every lap, uh, faded a little bit at the end as guys were starting to uh, run a little too close together, and he just said, you know what, we'll hang back and let them guys battle it out, and uh, just keep the car in one piece, so... On to Friday, World of Outlaws Sprints, Tri-City Speedway in Illinois, 10,000 to win. David Gravelier winner over Parker Price Miller, Logan Schuhart, Carson Macedo, and Brad Sweet rounding out your top five. USAC Sprints, two-day show at Devil's Bowl Speedway in Texas, was rained out all weekend. Four days in a row, USAC Sprints rained out. Lucas Oil Late Models. Kicking off a three-day stint, the Melvin L. Joseph Memorial Georgetown Speedway down in Delaware, $18,049 to win, rained out, but rescheduled. They will pick that event back up on Thursday, August 24th, the day before Port Royal has the Lucas Oil Elite Models in town. So they will now turn that into another three-day event. On to local action, which there was very little. But some did get their show in. I can tell you right now, Big Diamond definitely rained out. Williams Grove rained out. Outlaw Speedway rained out. But Albany Saratoga did get their show in. Modified winner being Ronnie Johnson and 602 Great Sportsman wins going to Tony Ferrone and Travis Whitbeck. Utica Rome, Alex Friesen Memorial, $6,800 to win. They did finish that show and Matt Shepard was your winner. And 602 Great Sportsman feature win went to Peyton Talbot. KM kicking off their season. Modified victory going to Lance Willicks. And Durkar Sportsman victory to Ryan Shanahan. Fulton kicking off their two day show of the High Bank Holdup Weekend. Lucas Oil ESS season opener. Jason Barney, your winner over Danny Varon and Dylan Swiernick. On to Saturday, World of Outlaw Sprints, Tri-State Speedway, Hopstot, Indiana, 10,000 to win. Brady Bacon, his first career World of Outlaw Sprint car victory. Congratulations to the former guests of the show. Getting it done over Sheldon Haudenshield, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, and Tyler Courtney in fifth. Yeah, not that great. However, he did go to the rear early on in this one and battled his way back up to a top five finish. Not too shabby. Lucas All 8 Models Saturday. Hagerstown Speedway, as I said, was rained out. On to Saturday. The Northeast was not so lucky. New Egypt, Grandview, Bridgeport, Lincoln, Port Royal, Orange County, Fonda, Woodhall, Land of Legends, Thunder Mountain, and Lebanon Valley. All rained out. It is not common that you see every track in the Northeast rain out, but it absolutely happened. And today, Lucas Oil Late Model Show, once again, Battle in the Borough, Port Royal Speedway rained out, as I had stated. And Baps Motor Speedway was supposed to have a 410 and 358 modified show today, which also did rain out. So, Mother Nature, your big winner on the weekend. And that brings us into our upcoming events for this week. World of Outlaw Sprints and USAC Midgets, Friday and Saturday, 
Let's Race 2, Eldora Speedway in Ohio. USAC Sprints, I know for sure, are running for 10000 to win each night. World of Outlaw Sprints, I would guesstimate that they are also running for 10000 to win, as that is their base pay. Now, the streaming of this event is tricky, as World of Outlaw Sprints portion will be on Dirt Vision, and USAC Sprints portion will be on Flow Racing. High Limit Sprint Car Series, Tuesday's Kokomo Speedway has been moved to Wednesday already due to weather, so that will now be on Wednesday, running for $23,023 to win. That will be on Flow Racing. Extreme Outlaw Midgets, Friday and Saturday, Extreme Outlaw Midget Showdown, Friday night at Humboldt Speedway in Kansas, $4,000 to win. Saturday, they move over to 81 Speedway in Kansas, another $4,000 to win. That will be on Dirt Vision. World of Outlaw Late Models, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Dairyland Showdown, one of my favorite events of the year, Mississippi Thunder Speedway in Wisconsin, $10,000 to win on Thursday. 10,000 to win Friday and 50,000 to win on Saturday. Lucas Oil Late Models Friday, 19th annual John Bradshaw Memorial Ponderosa Speedway in Kentucky, and Saturday, 34th annual Ralph Latham Memorial Florence Speedway also in Kentucky. Those will be on Flow Racing. Those are your upcoming events, those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash the five-star rating button on all the podcast platforms. And of course, big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brennan Company for the support. On to this week's episode. One of the newest members of the Pennsylvania Posse, Mr. Devin Borden, who has relocated himself from the state of Washington and is now a proud resident of Pennsylvania. And Devin has knocked off two victories so far this year, one at BAPS and also Port Royal a few weeks ago. And we dive into some really good stuff. I was very, very curious on how the whole transition happened and how it's been going with him relocating from the state of Washington to now Pennsylvania at such a young age. And he definitely fills us in on all of that and more on this week's episode. Next week, we'll be back with one of the country's premier promoters. Cannot wait for that episode to drop. And uh, hopefully this weather gets out of here. It's been rainy. It's been miserable. This upcoming week does not look any better, but something has got to give any day now. So until next time, enjoy the show. Are you looking to make your mark in the construction world? Join the growing crew at Pioneer Pole Buildings. Does switching up your routine interest you? Look no further than Pioneer Pole Buildings. Pioneer Pole Buildings travels to seven states on a regular basis and returns home most evenings. Would you like to be paid travel time and extra money when you do have to stay overnight? They have that covered too. They have full-time positions on their crews constructing pole barns. Pioneer also completes re-roofs, additions, insulation and interior liner, as well as custom builds. Pioneer Pole Buildings is looking for carpenters based out of the Schuylkill Haven, Reinholds, Nutripoli, 
and upper black eddy areas. You can contact Pioneer Pole Buildings through their Facebook page or on the web at ppb1.com or via telephone at 1-800-448-2505 or you can contact Jess directly at 570-739-0078 extension 132. Pioneer Pole Buildings could be your future. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast, I have with me one of the PA Posse's newest members, all the way from the West Coast, Mr. Devin Borden. Devin, man, let's kick it off with BAPS. I mean, what a freaking show you and Chase Dietz put on. Yeah, it definitely was. It was uh, quite the intense battle, to say the least. Uh, definitely elbows up the whole time, and... Um, you really had to minimize your mistakes. So I'm not sure if you felt this in the car or if you've watched footage since Sunday, but there were times that you came off a of turn two. Your right side looked like to be off the ground. Can you feel that in the car? Yeah, I mean, you know, the place was really around the around the curb there. Like in one and two, it really got around the around the fence. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to drive super hard and. Um, on the tracks like that, you know, you really just got to be aggressive and, and send it on in there. And sometimes the car uh, does funky stuff, but it's just all about trying to control the best you can. And, uh, you know, that's that's really, really uh, the better you can do that, the faster you'll be. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, uh, yeah, it seems like you've really taken a liking to BAPS and uh, knocked off a win not too long ago at Port Royal. Um, you know, I got to I, I want to bring up many things in this conversation. So I think we should go back to the beginning. So how in the world did you end up from running ASCS coming through the PA swing? I knew you guys had to stop at Sealands Grove. And then I know you ran the show at BAPS, I believe that same weekend. And then you just never left. Yeah, it was it was uh, really really crazy how it all went down. Like we, we were kind of planning that year on doing the the national tours as far as we could do it, and um, if it wasn't for Don Ott, there ain't no way I think I'd even be here now. He he's really the reason um, I'm you know I I really got a shot because he loaned us a four ten, and the time we didn't even have a four ten, and he loaned us that four ten and said, hey, you know. Um, I'll come and help wrench on your car and which was a huge help because obviously knowing all the tracks back here is a, is a really big deal. So, um, he kind of gave me an opportunity of a lifetime and, um, I just can't, you know, kind of capitalized on it. I knew I had to turn, turn heads and, um, really make it happen. And, um, I guess we ran good enough to, uh, you know, land a ride. So it was pretty neat. Yeah, I remember shortly after, uh, I mean, there were a couple of guys from ASCS that stuck around to run BAPS that day. I think Blake was still there. There were a couple others, too. And then next thing you know, you were running the outlaw stop at Lincoln in your car. And uh, this is this is funny. I remember this stuff. I remember Lonnie Wheatley's pool came out for that race and everyone's like, take Devin Borden. I'm like, I don't even know who this kid is. And they're like, no, seriously, yeah. take him. 
and you qualified through your heat race, if not mistaken, and actually didn't do half bad for a track you had no experience at running against the best in the country. Yeah, no, we were, we were actually pretty good. I think we, uh, we qualified decent, decent enough to start fourth in our heat race. We ran third in that. Um, I think we started, I don't know, like the seventh row or something. And, uh, we were running 11th with a couple to go and we actually broke, uh, you know, the fuel pump came out. It was some kind of parts failure. I can't remember what it was, but, um, had a parts failure, but if it wasn't for that, you know, we were knocking on the door for a top 10. So, um, the, you know, against the outlaws. So for the little experience I had, you know, we thought that was pretty good. Yeah, especially coming to PA where it's not just the outlaws you have to beat. You also got to beat this posse that we have here. And uh, they're yes. they're not too shabby either, which gets to be a real big pain in the ass for the outlaw guys. But when, you, when you're that other third wing there, it's a complete different story. So how long did it take from you sticking around Central PA to where the Hefner deal came together? Um, so... My last race was at Port Royal. So I think we ran a total of like six races or something. If not, uh, yeah, I think it was like a total of six races here. And I actually had to go home to graduate from high school. Um, so I was home for like a week and a half, two weeks probably. Um, had to finish up some schoolwork and get graduated. Well, during that time, Mike Hefner called me and he actually wanted me to come race the weekend of my graduation. And I was going to do it, but... Um, he said, you know, he didn't want me to miss my graduation. And I, um, came in the following week and, um, ran those three races for him. So it definitely all happened really quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've done your homework on what central PA has been like and, you know, everything that's been going on. And of course, unfortunate passing with Greg Hodnett and that's a very prestigious ride. I mean, Lance Deweese has been in that car, Derek Pittman, uh, you name it, they've been in that ride and, and been successful. And then for yes. you to come in and only run a handful of races and Mike Hefner is calling, I mean, that's pretty impactful. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, when, when I got a call from him, I mean, it was unreal, you know, like it just seemed so, so crazy. Um, and, you know, it just uh, like I, I felt like when within the span of just a few weeks, like I went from being an absolute nobody, no namer, no one ever heard of me to, you know, at least being on the sprint car map and people at least somewhat knowing who I who I was, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was a really quick turnaround, too. So when Hefner's calling and you agree to, did the original agreement was to only do so many races or was there a longer plan in place? Um, no. So the, it was Tim Schaefer was in the car at the time mm-hmm. and he was going to run Ohio speed week. And he, Mike, Mike said, you know, I just want you to come in, fill in for, for Schaefer for three races. It was Williams Grove, Lincoln and Path Valley. Um, well during those, during those, you know, and then during those races, I think, so I run fifth at Williams Grove. I went from like 21st to seventh at Lincoln and then we ran third at BAPS. So um, I think it was, it was Monday morning. He called me and said, hey, uh, you're my new full-time guy. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy how it all worked out. So at that point, then, 
I mean, you're still living in Washington at that point. I mean, obviously, you're in Central PA. It's summertime doing your thing. I mean, I mean, I don't know. So, like, what was your plan after high school? I mean, obviously, again, going back a little bit, you're running ASCS. You're running the national tour. You're trying to develop yourself as a driver, trying to get recognized the whole nine yards. Did you at any point ever feel like, well, at some point I might just not live in Washington anymore because now you're in central PA. Yeah, it's actually something I, I assumed was going to happen at some point. If you know, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to be a professional race car driver and you can't be a, a successful professional race car driver living in Washington full time. You know, it's <laughs> just not the place to be. So I, I knew that uh, I was not going to be living there really anytime after after high school. I mean, that year I was planning on living out of our motorhome on the road, you know, so, um, and that's, that's what I was planning on doing and trying to make it happen that year and just trying to, uh, get, get recognized and noticed. So, um, it's just, we're super, super fortunate how everything panned out. Yeah. So when Mike tells you, you're the new full-time guy, I mean, what's your plan at that point? I mean, I would assume he helped you get relocated to where you're in central PA now or, or in PA somewhere. Right. So how did that whole process work? Did he help you get a place to live, you know, get everything worked out as far as the behind the scenes stuff? Oh uh, yeah. So he actually had a place right next to the shop, a house, and that's where I lived um, during that time. So it was actually pretty convenient and easy. So I just, lived there and that that was it so it was pretty cool so you, you had a place right next to the shop the shop's right there you can go over do what you got to do and then yep. and then the unfortunate happens when you leave the ride or however it went down i'm not gonna dig into those details it's whatever the case is but how quick was the transition into the Stamen Shuttlesworth ride after the departure from Hefner? Um, I mean, it was, you know, it, everything kind of happened really quick. Again, you know, I, I was just kind of approached with an opportunity um, that I really just couldn't pass up. So um, it really wasn't expected, um, but it just, it just kind of happened really quick, you know? So um, it's just kind of a deal that I, I couldn't pass up and, um, you know, I like, I, I felt bad leaving because, uh, you know, Mike gave me my first big opportunity and I was extremely grateful that and, 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 and still am, you know, I don't know if I'd be in the, in the 23 car right now, if it wasn't for Mike giving me that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I got nothing but great things to say about the whole Hefner camp and, um, I'm just super, uh, su super blessed that, that as a, you know, that, that, that I've had the opportunities that I've had, but, um, yeah, I mean the transition into the 23 car, um, I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty quick as well. You know, I just kind of full on, uh, mo mo moved in that, into that whole deal. And, um, you know, just try, tried to uh, do the best I could right off the bat. So did they help you get relocated then too to new housing arrangement? Cause I can't imagine Mike was going to let you keep living right next to his shop. Yeah. Yeah. So I, is that actually at that point, um, uh, I was living in Mechanicsburg. So, so 
I wasn't living in, in Mike's house anymore. Okay. Um, because Ben Angle was the uh the the, the team transitioned to Ben Angle's place. Uh, who's the crew chief on the car at the time? Uh, or it still is. Who's the crew chief on the car? Um, so I had to relocate during that time between the the winter of gosh, I don't even know what year it was. Two years ago, year ago, whatever it was. Um, so I was already in like Mechanicsburg. So, and I liked where I was at. So I just stayed there um, for the time being. And now, now uh, John and Kelly Stamen got me a place up here in Halifax. Um, so it's it's real convenient. I'm only 15 minutes away from the shop now. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, it's kind of, it's real weird. Like I've noticed now, I, I follow these super late guys on social media so much. And I, I see all these ads that pop up that, okay, they're looking for, you know, a career guy must relocate, will house like the whole nine yards. And I'm like, who would have ever thought that this can actually be like one of them jobs where you pick up and move like your entire life? Yeah, it's I know it's crazy. It's insane. And that's just for like a crew guy. And we're not talking a driver. I mean, that's a whole nother ballpark. I mean, a lot of guys have relocated to, you know, move on with driving and stuff. But yeah, it's it's nuts that, you know, I just look at, you know, working at Big Diamond or working at New Egypt and, you know, these low dollar guys, these backwoods kind of guys like, you know, that that stuff doesn't make sense when you hear of guys relocating in your case from Washington to PA to do this sprint car deal. But then you got to sit back and think, well, it is the PA posse. It is central PA. It is a hotbed. Yeah. So no, it kind of does make sense. But it was just so weird how the whole thing happened where, again, I don't know that I heard your name before that Seals Grove night, that ASC yeah. stop. And then it was like, well, wait, he's now running Hefner's car? Like, wait, what just happened? It was so weird. Yeah. How, uh, I know. And I'm sure it caught you off guard just as much. Like, you know, you want these things to happen, but then when they do and they happen so quick, you're like, wait a second, is this right? Is this real? Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, uh, I know looking back, like I mean, it was, it was super crazy in the moment, but like looking back, it's just, it's crazy how quick everything happened, you know? So how has it been, especially, I mean, obviously, you know, John Stamen is the big guy behind everything with the 23 ride, but of course, Shuttlesworth is just as equally big. How has it been working with those two and, you know, developing the team and into progressing into, you know, one of the odds on favorites every weekend? Yeah, it's, oh man, I'm, I'm just so lucky. Like, like these guys honestly are, are in a way like family to me. Like they're, they, they treat me so good. And, um, I'm just so blessed and thankful to, you know, have them in my corner. Um, they just have stayed patient with me, just looking down the road, um, you know, what, what, what we can achieve one day. And um, it's just super, super cool to have people at, like, like them in your corner. And um, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're just the best of the best. They're really, really awesome. Is there anything on the schedule this year outside of Central PA that you guys are trying to get to, whether it be something like Knoxville or the Dirt Million? I mean, is there anything you guys are striving to get to outside of home base, per se? 
Yeah, we're well. The the biggest thing is the Eldor Million. We're going out to do that. We're probably not doing the nationals or too much more, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll uh, you know we'll do as much as we can. But our our main schedule is just in Pennsylvania. Right. Right. So let's uh, let's go way back at the machine here, which I know isn't too far gone from you. But so you grew up in Washington. What type of racing is is the big thing in the upper Northwest? I mean, sprint cars are I mean, none of the racing is as big as it is out here. You know, I mean, uh, like the, the sprint car deal isn't bad, um, but I mean. There's quite quite a few modifieds. Modifieds, there's a good good amount of those, um, but I'd say sprint cars and modifieds are are really the majority of it. I mean, you got like some asphalt late model stuff and um, asphalt legends and some asphalt stuff. I mean, you, you got a you got a good variety of everything, but um, it's just not on the the scale that it is back here. Right, and that's a lot of 360 sprint car stuff, right? Yes. Yep. Yes, yeah, so it's 410s. I mean, is there really any 410s up there? I mean, I know there is some when you get down to California with NARC and stuff, but is there any up there? Uh, it's It keeps growing more and more. Like, Skagis is getting more 410 races. Uh, you know, the, the, the whole Northwest is getting – the 410 deal is really growing. Um, so, I, I mean, within the next couple of years, I could really see it getting big. Yeah, I, I love watching Skagit. I mean, that – uh. It's Dirt Cup, right? That they have there. Yes. Yeah, that's a yep. badass show. I mean, especially when you get guys it is. get guys up there that you know are the resident guys, and you have guys like Courtney showing up and stuff like that. It just becomes a really good, neat show. And um, so, when you got into racing, what was your first division that you got into? Um, well, quick little story. So, my dad actually bought me my first quarter midget when I was six months old. Oh my so- lord. I, I guess you can say I was kind of born to be a race car driver, but six so it was months. quarter midgets and yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was quarter midgets and then we went into outlaw carts and micro sprints and then eventually into a 360 sprint car. That's insane. Six months old. Was your dad involved in racing before you came along? Yeah, that's what I was. Well, that's what I always grow, grow up, you know, think it let's, when I grew up around watching my dad race, you know, uh, 360 sprint cars. Oh, okay. Okay. Now that makes a little bit more sense then that your dad was a race car driver. So, I mean, what was, yes. what was his career like? I mean, did, did he a- achieve much? I mean, was he a big winner? Yeah. I mean, he, so he, he never got, you know, out here like he really dreamed of and wanted to do. Um, he, I, I mean, I'd say he was looked at as being real good in the Northwest and, um, you know, up, up in Washington and Oregon. And, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he won, won lots of races up there and stuff, but, um, he just never had the money or, or the, or the help or anything to really get out on the scale he dreamed of. So in, in a way he, he kind of, uh, I guess you could say was reliving his dream through me and in, in a way. So, um, he, he ended up giving it up when he, when I was about, gosh, I don't know, eight or nine. Um, just cause it got to the point where financially he couldn't do me and him and, and just, it took too much time, you know, to, to run both deals and do it the right way with running his business and everything. So 
he kind of just hung up the helmet and just tried to focus on me. Yeah. What, hey, that happens a lot. And, you know, even regionally being a big winner is, is nothing to shake a stick at either. So, um, you know, when you say outlaw carts, so I'm just starting to understand outlaw carts and watch them more frequently now with the coverage at Millbridge now. And of course, all, you know, Larson's kid, Boyer's kid, they're all running, you know, Kyle Bush's kid, they're all running these things. And then I, I got to talk to Chase Robin about Red Bluff and, and all that stuff that goes on out there. And it, it's really a big deal, these outlaw cards, right? Oh, yeah, it's they're they are badass. I mean, there's nothing that compares like the closest thing that compares to them is a 410 sprint car. Like they are absolutely gnarly absolute handful rip the front wheels off the ground at any given moment like they're just crazy so i think that's probably the best thing you could do to get into a sprint car just because it's the closest comparison you know as far as just how out of control they are interesting i would have never thought that i mean well again being on the east coast and how big the micro deal is around here i mean you would think that's the path to getting yourself into a sprint car at some point, whether it has a wing or not. But no, uh, these outlaw carts, man, the more I can get a chance to watch them, the more intrigued I am by the, the, again, the insanity of it all. I mean, these things are nuts. And for someone that watches race cars multiple times a week, it's hard to get me like hooked on something like that. Like that's pretty fucking cool. But, um, so at what age did you make the transition into, the bigger style cars. So I was, I, I was my, my, I, I raced one race when I was 14, a 360 sprint car race. Um, and then, so, I mean, I was basically 15. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I was 14 when, when I had my first race and then, um, the year I was 15, we, we ran, I don't know. We probably ran around 25 shows or so. Um, and then, yeah. And then, then the, I think the fall, I don't know if it was that year we won the summer thunder sprint car series championship, which was kind of the, the, um, it was kind of like all the tracks combined for points wise Mm -hmm. in the Northwest. Um, so I, I won that. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was that year. It may have been the following year. Um, and we did that and won like eight races and kind of had a, had a pretty solid year and then it was the following year that we uh i think it was the following year that we started getting out more and more and did some ascs stuff yeah and then you made the decision to go full-time ascs racing for the national stuff i mean i'm just curious if your aspiration was to become a 410 sprint car driver right was mm-hmm. there any discussion on just saying, you know what, let's just get a 410 and not do the 360 stuff? Or did you think that was the right progression? No, I mean, that's what that's what we really wanted to do. It was just kind of like financially wise, we were never like, we, we never really had the funds to really do the 410 deal right. Okay. You know, I mean, everything costs so much more like oh yeah you know a, four, a 410 it's 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 like it's almost double the money like you can only run the engines half the laps and we at the time we had a couple 360s so we felt like it was just kind of the the the, the right move to hopefully 
get into a 410, potentially get recognized to get into a 410. And um, it kind of all worked out. So looking back, like it definitely would have been ideal to just be able to go hop in a 410 and just that'd be it, you know, but we just weren't really in the position to do that. Right. When you went out to run the national stuff, were there any guys on tour that, you know, you were able to, let's just say, befriend and, you know, get to know, get to learn some things from? I mean, there's obviously, you know, Haferteep's been around for a long time. Wayne Johnson's been dominant. Um, you know, Blake Hahn again, you know, were any of any of those guys out on tour willing to kind of share some information with you to help you get yourself along? Yeah, I would say like, uh, like, like Johnny Herrera really helped us out some, um, there, there was a few different guys that, that helped us, you know, I, I talked to Sam a little bit, um, you know, and outside of that, like it was kind of just me and my dad figuring it out on our, on our own. Um, it was tough, you know, like, you know, we just kind of did what, what we thought was, would be best. And, um, you know, and, and, and we were really just kind of learning as we went. Yeah. And then I'm just curious too. So I know you brought up high school graduation. So the whole like <clears throat> central PA thing falls right around that time when you were in high school. I mean, obviously you wanted to be a professional race car driver, right? Like we all have them aspirations of the dream more than reality kind of thing going on, right? Like when you grew up, you wanted to be a cowboy, right? Kind of those kind of things. I mean, at any point during high school, were you thinking like, okay, if this doesn't pan out, like, what am I going to do with myself to earn a living? Did you kind of think about that kind of stuff or... Were you just going full bore, like never going to look back kind of thing? I mean, I would say more so kind of like full bore. I mean, um, my, my plan was really just give it absolute everything I had for those couple of years that we were going to basically be able to fund the deal. And if something didn't work out then, then I was going to obviously have to do something else, but I definitely wasn't planning on that. I felt like I was going to be able to make it happen, you know? Um, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I had too much of a backup plan. I was really just, I, I was, I was really planning on, you know, it all, it all working out. <laughs> right. I mean, I look at like, so, you know, if you follow sports at all, the NBA and the NHL and even major league baseball, these guys can go, right from high school into the big leagues and get part of a farm system and have to develop themselves. A lot don't cut it. But the NFL, however, you have to go through two years of college to be eligible for the draft, which I think is smart because now these guys at least are exposed to maybe an idea of what they want to do with their life after football's over. So I always ask these guys, and yourself included, you know, when you're going right Mm -hmm. from – high school into this and now you're in a great position to even develop even further it's just Mm -hmm. curious what people think like well if this doesn't shake out then what so i'm just that's why i ask you know is it something that you yeah ever kind of thought of you know like i talked to justin peck not too long ago and his off season he works at hoosier and it has a job when the season's over which is amazing i wish i could do that um so what do you what do you do with as far as 
work? Are you working anywhere while you're racing during racing season or are you just full concentration on, on being a driver? Uh, yeah, well, I, I actually, John, John, uh, John and Kelly stay with my car owners. They actually pay me to be at the shop full time. So oh, that's, that's cool. that, that is my job is just working on the race car and working on the race team full time. So that's, that's all I do. It's I basically, you know, it's, it's all I do is just race and work on, on the race cars. It's all, it's all I do. That's cool though, that they offer that as income. I mean, again, yes, there, there's, believe it or not, there are guys I know who are not too shabby at race car drivers and other divisions that don't even get a cut of their winnings. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could do that. <laughs> I don't know how they were able to do it as long as they did, but no, that's, right. that's cool that, um, you know, again, you're asking a lot of someone from completely out of town at your age to be able to commit and still be able to function as an adult. So no, that's awesome that they have, a you know, you have an agreement like that. That's, that's really good. What did your parents think when, uh, this whole thing came down to you relocating full time? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard on them, you know, but I guess this has been their dream for me just as much as it has been mine. Um, you know, they put in a ton of money, time, and, you know, uh, just de- determination to, 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 I guess, get me to this point. So as, you know, as much as they hated me to see, to see me move away, um, they're very happy for me too. Yeah. How often do you get a chance to go back? Not, not very often. It's, you know, like I made it home for Christmas and, uh, what was it? Uh, Thanksgiving. Um, but not as much as, not as much as I'd like to, you know, I miss being home, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's the way of this life. It, it is what it is, you know? Right. And do, how often do they come out this way and, and come watch you race? Uh, it's kind of just varies every two, three months, I'd say, you know, they're, they're out here. That's pretty cool. That's good though. And you know what, to be honest, I'm sure that there's subscribers to flow and dirt vision and they can watch you every weekend too, which is probably, you know, good for them. You know what I mean? They can keep an eye on you and, and get to watch you live out your dream on television. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they don't miss a race. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, um, so what are your plans as far as weekly stuff? Are you running for points at the Grove and on Saturdays somewhere too? Yeah, we're, we're running the points at the Grove and Port Royal. Okay. Okay. And I knew you ran Hefner's deal at Lincoln a lot. Obviously he's a part of Lincoln. Um, when it comes to preferences, I mean, Lincoln's completely different than Port Royal. What do you think? Which is, uh, what would you say you're more comfortable at? Honestly, right now, I, I would say I'm comfortable with both of them. I feel pretty confident going just about anywhere right now, to be honest. Like, um, I, I wouldn't say I was like that at first, but, um, you know, Lincoln was Lincoln was my definitely my best track when I first came here because it was just kind of what uh, it just resembled what I raced back home. But um, as I've gotten better uh, and adapted, um, I actually really like Port Royal and Salem's Grove and some of these bigger tracks also. Okay. All right. Well, as we wind this thing down, man, you ready to get into the green, white checkered segment? Three random questions. Yeah, for sure. 
It's time for Green White Checkered on the Four Wide Salute. All right, green flag question. The races rain out all weekend. What do you do to keep yourself busy? And no, you cannot say work at the shop. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm in the gym cleaning uh, my truck or uh, cleaning my merchandise trailer, cleaning my, my house. I don't know. I mean, I don't do a lot. You know, I go out and hang out with a couple buddies here and there, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely a gym rat. I'm in the gym like all the time. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's about it. I really don't do do a lot outside of racing. All right. We got to, we got to cut straight to the chase with this. So you're <laughs> a young guy, you're a race car driver. So you have that suit that all the females seem to flock to. <laughs> Have you been? Yeah, I mean, have you been so keeping yourself? Once in a while, I guess I do. Have you been keeping yourself pretty straight with you know keeping the ladies at bay? Oh yeah, I mean, I guess you try to. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I guess every once in a while, one or two will come around, but um, you know, you try not to let them distract you too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let don't. Yep. Don't play that I'm not from around here game because that can get you in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you got to, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, I mean, you, you got to, uh, you got to keep a, keep a couple females around also, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's always good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, white flag question. Uh, kind of going off what we were talking about a little bit ago, you've been around Central PA now for a little while. What would you say is, if you had to put all the money on the line, what track would you want to race at? And which track do you think you can probably improve more at? Um, I, I, I don't know. Like we've been really good at Lincoln and Port Royal. So it'd have to be one of those two. I mean, I don't know. Port Royal probably right now, I'd say we got a, we're, we got a really good car up there and you know, my guys have been working super hard and, um, I, I'd say Port Royal would probably be my best track. I would say where we got to get better right now is probably the Grove. We haven't gotten to that next step yet. I mean, I feel like we're a top five car, you know, every night, but we haven't got to that next step. So the Grove, I'd say, is where we got to improve on. Okay. And you've got a chance to run other tracks, too, outside of just those three. So, I mean... Obviously, you've done the Speed Week stuff, so you've seen Hagerstown. You've seen, of course, BAPS. you, you got to win now there. You've been to Grandview, right? Big Diamond. Did you go to Clinton yep. County last year, too? Yes. So, yep. so that there's County as well. So what do you think about the, the non-traditional Central PA tracks? What do you think about those guys, without those places? Um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're really awesome, too. I mean, you know, when, when you think of Central PA, some of those tracks you don't think think uh, about as much but they're actually super racy awesome awesome tracks as well so yeah i mean i, I like them all what about bridgeport bridgeport i really like yeah we we actually got going they're really good at the end of the year that place year, that so. place is insane from a fan's perspective i don't even want to understand what goes on in the in the race car either, but that place is nuts with the banking and how fast it is and everything. So that, uh, that place is definitely the oddball in comparison. There's no place like it. 
Yeah, no, that place is super, super cool. It's, you know, I mean, how it gets up around the fence and, um, you know, all the wing speed you can carry there. It's a super racy, racy, fun joint. All right, man. Checkered flag question. Winning moment scenario. You're running fifth with 10 to go. Who do you want to smoke to win either the Natty Open or the Tuscarora 50 or Lincoln's Dirt Classic? Who are the who are the four guys that you want to beat in those last 10 laps to win it? I mean, you, you got to choose the guys that are that are looked at looked at a, a pong as as the best, you know. So I'd say you got to go with Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, um, uh, you know, uh, Brent Marks is really good. Uh, um, you know, gravel, any of those guys, I think, you know, and, and I, and I like each and every one of those guys, but, um, if, if you got to pass on those guys for the, for, for the win, I guess it shows you're pretty good. So, um, I, I guess anyone who's just looked at as, as being the best is, is who I'd want to pass for the win. Yeah. And you can't forget about that old guy that's still hanging around in that 69 K either. Right. Lance DeWeese, yeah, that that he he'd be good to pass for one too. <laughs> yeah, no, Lance is Lance is super cool. Yeah, I really like Lance. Did you see him throwing shade at Danny Dietrich on social media the other day? I did not. What did he say? Oh, uh, there. I think Randy Gas or Noah Gas put up a, a picture of all these helmets, and it said which one to wear. And the one on the left was a little girl's bike helmet. And I did see that. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. <laughs> And Lance, Lance goes, oh, it looks like Denny left one of his helmets behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, no, it's, real, it's so great that, you know, as active as Danny is on social media, even Macri is the same way. But then Lance gets on there and just throws jabs. It's the absolute best entertainment there is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you got you got a uh, double D Danny Dietrich. He. He entertains a lot of people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he does. But not Danny's cool is cool too. So. Yep. Yep. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Best of luck this season. Can't wait to see how uh, everything pans out, especially the Dirt Million, man. I'm excited to see it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 